hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. What's one of the most solid ways to grow your business, whether it's a side gig or full-time business? As part of our financial independence series and your own Wealth Builders Pyramid, we've been advising people for years to start their own side gig. And today we're sharing one of the key ways to growing those businesses. It's email. And no, it's not 2008, 2008. Today we're joined by <laughs> Chanel Basilio, who's been reverse engineering how some of the biggest virtual business owners today have grown their email list to 51,000 emails plus and are now earning $1 million or more a year. Yeah, that sounds nice. So Chanel is a digital marketer, founder of Hustle the Startup, and the chief marketer at Conversion Owl Marketing. You're listening to Queer Money episode number 398. So let's get on the show and start making some money. You're listening to the Queer Money Podcast, personal finance with a rainbow twist. Queer Money is dedicated to financial independence, financial well-being, investing knowledge, and the intersection of all things money as an LGBTQ person. Queer Money is made possible by Capital One. Capital One believes that financial well-being includes your mental, physical, and financial health. Check out CapitalOne.com today. Folks, welcome back to another episode of the Queer Money Podcast. As you know, we cover various themes throughout the month. And this week, we're talking about financial independence. And one of the ways to work towards financial independence for a lot of people is to either have a side gig, side hustle, although we know the hustle word is getting some kind of negative press these days recently. But for a lot of people, the way to start a business is to do something online because of the lower barriers to entry. And so we have invited Chanel Basilio on the podcast this week because Chanel is doing something that is really unique. She is breaking down the ways that other people are growing their brands, specifically using email. So Chanel, welcome to the show. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for having me. Definitely. So it's interesting when we thought of this idea of email, of course, the first thing that kind of came to our mind is, isn't email is so old fashioned these days, right? (laughs) Email is so 2008. Right. Go ahead, John. He's bam, like, bam, bam. <laughs> 2000 and late, right? It just seems like people are like, why email, right? So isn't email kind of old fashioned? It is, but I'd say it's actually one of the more consistent methods to reach an audience. I mean, social is more fun for sure. Like dancing on TikTok is probably more fun than sending an email, but you can't, you can't reach all of your audience at the same time on TikTok. Like the algorithms kind of choose for you. So I'd say it's more consistent than social media. What makes email so valuable then in 2023? What makes it so valuable and how do you connect differently than you would say social media's TikTok or an Instagram reel? Yeah, I think it's more of like a trust building type thing. So on social, you have like a really short amount of time to get in front of someone and, you know, reach them within a couple seconds before they scroll past you. With email, like as long as they open the email, you're kind of in their inbox and they're reading what you're having to say. And it's just more consistent. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, I'm going to put this in a club scenario, right? You see somebody in a club and you're attracted to them. 
or you find them interesting. Maybe you want to be their friend, but then you want to take that further. You want to have a conversation with this person, right? You, you definitely want this to go further. And it's kind of, that's kind of the scenario you have going on here is that more often than not, social is that kind of attraction phase. And the email is the getting to know you phase, right? Right, exactly. And so with an email, you can actually take it a step further and maybe promote your products or give them some other reason to keep following you instead of just seeing you on social when they happen to see your Instagram post. I think back in like 2008, 2012 era, Amy Porterfield was big and saying that, well, she still is, but she was big on saying that email is gold. And that's like every, no matter what you build online and virtually, you ultimately need to work on growing your email list because your business will be stalled otherwise. Do you think that's still the case or with all the advancement in technology and social media, do you think that's changed a little bit? I think it's kind of changed a little bit, but it's still very valuable. If you think about it, if you have a thousand people following you on Instagram, maybe three or four might see your posts as they're scrolling by. But if you have a thousand people on your email list, I mean you're probably going to get probably 200 or so to read them. So, and that's a 20% open rate. That's not even that great. But if we just use that lower number, like that's a huge difference. Exactly. You know, that, that is kind of the interesting thing is you have thousands of followers on these social media platforms and it's kind of, I mean, I know that we've talked about this personally, you know, that you, you have these thousands of followers, but then your impressions end up being like two, three, four 4% of what you of the number of followers that you have. No percent if it's and, Facebook. And they can change that, right? <laughs> at, at any given moment. I remember a few months back, reels were the only thing that people were doing on Instagram. And all of a sudden now it kind of seems like people have gone back to doing posts because Instagram is like, well, let's do image posts again. Let's make those popular. And people are like constantly, I don't know. It's it's like we have ADD with social media trying to keep track of how the, all the changes that they're making to it. Yeah, there's a lot going on with social. It's it is hard to keep track of. And with email it's I mean pretty consistent. Like you can change your strategy a little bit, but at the end of the day as long as you're sending something to your email list, like they're going to see it. Right. Yeah. And so for our listeners, if you're wondering why we're talking about growing an email list, it is as Chanel's been saying, is one of the number one most consistent ways to really sell to your audience. So if you have a product or service that you want to sell as part of your virtual or side gig business, I would argue that's still the number one way to do that. Social media is great as it is a lot of fun. It can be very distracting and it can take be very time intensive. And the ROIs, as we found, has been is low relative to what you can get from your email list. The struggle that we have, and I think probably it's not unique, is that trying to get people from social media to your email list is a big hurdle. Do you have any before we dive into all the ins and outs about email lists, do you have any suggestions on the best way to, to, to transition people from social media to an email list? Yeah, that's a good one. And it is definitely the challenge, but it is also like one of the better ways to get people on your email list. I mean, Twitter has been doing really well for me, just being able to, you know, connect with people, engage with their posts, and then they go to your profile and they're like, oh, that sounds interesting. Let me sign up for their email list. So it's it's a lot of work to get people from social over to your email list. But at the end of the day, it's, I mean, I'd say they're much more valuable than social followers, like we were saying before. So yeah. Yeah, it's just really, it's really consistency and like being a human being on those platforms. <laughs> <laughs> when you look at the ownership level, right? When it comes to email versus 
social, it is the kind of you have you have a vested interest in these individuals who are on your email list and they almost have a vested interest in you because they've given you something, right? They've given you something personal. That's their name, probably their name and email address, which is definitely taking that kind of the going back to that club analogy, taking that, taking that relationship a step further. But we also know that, I mean, especially in the world we live in today, we don't know if these platforms, these social platforms are going to exist Right. I mean, right. for a lot of people, we're recording this episode a week after the CEO of TikTok was in front of Congress. Right. We don't know whether or not those platforms are going to be around. There's been talk about how long Twitter will last. Right. There's there's kinds of these conversations. So it, it I think it is important to have that. And folks, the other thing is to remember is this isn't just for online businesses or gig businesses. Right. If you're a professional that has a practice. So whether you're a doctor or you're a lawyer or you're a veterinarian or you're a therapist or something like that, this is another way for you to attract individuals into your business or to maintain the kinds of relationships with your existing clients in another role, in another way, right? And that can add value to that relationship. The more value you add to that relationship, the more likely it is that they're going to either become a customer or stay a customer and spend more money in your business, which is kind of the whole purpose of this, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's just another way of staying top of mind with your customers. So even if you have a local business, like sharing, even sending a monthly newsletter of like the cool things that are happening in your town or anything like that, just to keep people engaged and on your email list is, that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I know that yeah, I'll say this, a an acquaintance of ours who lives in Denver sends out a monthly newsletter. He is a realtor, but he sends out a monthly newsletter just keeping people abreast of what's going on in the in the real estate market. And these are all people who are either probably most most of them are past customers, but some of them are are individuals who weren't customers. But I find that his emails interesting. We're not buying property in Denver and probably won't. But I find it interesting because it kind of lets me know what's going on with the market there. And I would say that if we were to go back to Denver, it is highly likely that I would select him as a realtor because I keep on getting value from him in his newsletters. Capital One strives to inspire a better financial path for everyone, including the LGBTQ community, through access to credit, tools to manage debt, and product features. Digital products such as CreditWise and Eno are designed to take the stress out of money by helping you manage credit, a key source of potential stress, and stay on top of spending without worrying all the time. Sign up for CreditWise for free today. So one of the things that you're doing right now, which I find so interesting and part of the reason why we wanted to have you on the show is you're doing this, taking this idea of reverse engineering how it is that some very successful people have been able to build out their system, right? So tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Yeah. So I started seeing all of these people ending up with like 50,000 plus email subscribers. And I was like, that's insane. Like, how are they doing that? And they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, like just sending a newsletter. And I thought that was fascinating. So I started taking 
I don't know, just going deep into how they were doing that, listening to all the podcasts they were recording with people and just kind of scouring the internet to find out how they were growing their newsletters and started publishing my own kind of showcasing what they're doing. So that's kind of what that's about. (laughs) Yeah, I will say I I love that what you're doing because one, I appreciate the work that you're putting in, right? I mean, this is not something that is like I can go through a checklist of they're doing this, 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 and this, and right. And then I wrote, you're, you're literally, I think one of your tweets said that you're spending roughly 20 hours a week investigating these individuals and the work that they're doing to grow their email list. But one of the, the things that I, I love that you're doing this is that you're giving us all insight into what is working for a lot of different people, right? A lot of us, we, we, we think, okay, I love what this person is doing. I'm going to follow what their methodology is. But that may not be the step-by-step recipe for you getting that same kind of success. And you're giving us all of these varieties of options, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a ton of different ways to do it. So just trying to give a lot of options, like you said, and hopefully they're helpful. <laughs> yeah. Is it still the target, minimum target to try to get it to at least having 10,000 people on your email list? Is that still the the baseline that everybody's shooting for? I mean, I think a lot of people are making money with just a couple thousand people on their email list. So it depends on what kind of audience you have. Like I know there's, I I think it's like a, a watch collector has an email list and I mean, Rolex advertises with him. So even if you have a thousand people on your email list, like... That's Rolex has a budget. A huge, yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, that's that's funny is you bring that up because I remember a long time ago, I don't I haven't I haven't looked at this in a long time, but I used to be on a Mini Cooper email list because there was a there were a group of Mini Cooper owners that would put together events around the country. And I was on this list and I never, even, you know, I, I don't, I think I never even thought about this whole idea of advertising through an email list. Because a lot of times when we get any, get emails, they either one are an advertisement from like some company we've already purchased something from, right? So we're getting an email from The Gap or we're getting one from the Banner Republic or something like that, right? They're telling us, you know, oh, this is on sale or this is the new styles that are in or something like that. Or we're getting an email where it's it's really kind of an informative email and shares some information. But I never really thought about this whole idea of they're putting in advertisements in those emails from someone else, Right. And I think the one that was really surprising to me is you kind of did the showcase of Justin Welch. Mm. And here's somebody who has 80,000 people on his email list and is getting paid anywhere from $1,500 to $3,000 in advertising per email. And he sends Mm. one a week, right? So folks, that's seventy-five dollars to $150,000 a year for writing one email a week. Now, granted, he, he actually obviously... Has, he has two sponsors in some of his emails now. So double that yeah. if oh, you want. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if that's intriguing to some people, what are what would you say the initial steps are to create an email list? And then we'll dive into what are the patterns that you're seeing these amazing people replicating? Yeah. I think the first thing is the most important is like figuring out who you're going to write for and like what your topic's going to be about. So... If you're interested in fitness, you you know, you want to write about fitness for whoever, like pick a specific type of person and then 
start either there's so there's two types of ways you can go about this. You can start like a Substack, which is probably the easiest way to get started and it's free. And you can eventually have like a paid option on there, or you can start with something like ConvertKit or or a Beehive or something like that. And those are two other platforms that are not well, Beehive is free to start with, but yeah, so you can do that. You can just create that. And Beehive is kind of like a website and email in one. So you don't have to fuddle around with WordPress or anything or try and learn how to build uh, a website as well. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I do see a lot of people on Twitter using Beehive as their as a place to to put their newsletter. And and the newsletter is is kind of synonymous with email list, I, I would say. I mean, I, I think a lot of people see that there's maybe two different purposes, depending on what type of business you have. But that's where you basically collect your email, the email addresses, and then you write out your emails and send them out to, to folks through these tools like ConvertKit or Beehive. What kind of strategies are some of these people using that you have basically been following or or, or investigating and breaking apart? reverse engineering. <laughs> yeah. So there's a couple of different options. Obviously, we were talking about social media. You can kind of put your link in your bio and say like, hey, sign up for my newsletter here and then start engaging with other people's posts. Social media is a good way, but it also takes a lot of work. Another really good option is cross-promotion. So like taking the fitness example, if you were to find somebody else with a health and wellness type blog or health and wellness type newsletter, you guys could like share links and like shout each other out in your newsletter. So that can be good because you're getting in front of somebody who has already built an audience. So I, re I really like that. And it's been working for me as well, doing those cross promotions. I mean, if you have the money and you have a specific newsletter you want to get in front of, you could always be on the other side of that sponsor slot and pay to be in their newsletter. Those usually do pretty well as long as you're picking the right audience and it's a relevant type of audience. For lack yeah. of a better term. Exactly. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, let's just kind of use this as an example. If you're maybe a dog groomer, you have mm -hmm. a dog grooming business, connecting with the local veterinarians in, the, in your, their area, do they have email lists? Can you sponsor their email list to put a, an advertisement for your service or your email, your newsletter in theirs? And then you start to get those kinds. So that's kind of an example of what you're talking about with this, either cross-promotion or actual paying to be in someone else's news list, newsletter. Right. Yeah. And on the same token, like for Dog Walker, that example, you're in a specific city. So say New York, or I guess we'll go, I don't know, Philadelphia, since it's a little smaller. You could look for local Philadelphia email newsletters and try and buy a slot in there or collaborate with them in some way. When you're seeing people do this, how are they making money with this? How are they making money with their email list? So I let's just say I've done the work and I have a following and I've got 2,500 people on my email list, but I just don't know how to make money off of it. What would you see? What are you seeing creators do and how are they monetizing this? Yeah. So there's a bunch of different ways you can monetize a newsletter. Again, if you have a newsletter and you're selling a service on the back end, like that could be one way to monetize it. You're creating this asset and sending it to people and they hire you to be their dog walker. If you're just writing a newsletter that's based on, I don't know, local news in your area, you could, like we were talking about, get a sponsor, 
could be a larger news outlet that wants to get in front of your audience, or it could be based on the topic. So if you're writing news about dogs, maybe there's Chewy wants to sponsor you or or something like that. So those are two big ones. And then in addition to that, you could sell like your own digital product or course. That's kind of like the Justin Walsh example. He's making like millions of dollars a year on selling his $150 courses. And he's talking about how to grow on LinkedIn. So it's just, I don't know, small products, but if you have the volume, it could get really big. Well, and that's the thing that you just kind of alluded to that you can actually monetize multiple ways. So you don't have to rely on just one strategy with when you're growing your email list. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. When you did the breakdown of Justin Welsh, I did look at the kind of the, the different ways that he was making money. And you're right. I mean, folks, the, this he has an email list of, of 85,000 people. Last year, he made $1.3 million off of that list. And the majority of the money did come from him selling his courses. But he also does the sponsorship of the individual emails. He puts in affiliate links into some of those emails. So for example, maybe someone has a product or service that they want to get in front of people. So he has signed up for their affiliate. So let's say just for example, Beehive or ConvertKit had an affiliate link. And he's talking about in this particular email, he's talking about how do you sign up for or how do you create, start creating your email list? He could drop in a link there and then Beehive or ConvertKit might pay him a small amount of money every single time somebody signs up for that service. So that's, I think that one, that's one of the great things about this is that there are a variety of ways to monetize, a variety of ways to make money off of it. Because you might find that some things are successful for a while and some things are not, and then vice versa. You know, we just don't know what is happening in people's minds or the 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 variety of people that come onto the email list and what it is that they're particularly looking for at that time. Yeah, yeah there's a ton of different opportunities there. We're talking a lot about the benefit of having an email list, but I think maybe one of the concerns that a lot of people would have is the hell do I have to say? <laughs> You know, there's well, there's a big challenge know there. You have a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot to say, but I think a lot of people are gonna be like, I don't know what I'm gonna say about my product or services or what what it is I do. Are you finding any in your reverse engineering? What kind of messaging is working with people? What kind of writing and strategy? And are they providing such profoundly unique information that I can't get anywhere else? Because I think a lot of people are like, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I can't. You know, gosh darn it, I'm not that special. You know. So, <laughs> any suggestions on that? Yeah, there's a couple of different options. So I was alluding to earlier, you could do kind of like breaking down the latest news in that area. Essentially, some people just send out a an email that's the top 10 stories or the top five stories that week. And then you can write like a couple sentences about each one. I think the really cool part is that everyone has something unique to say. So even if the same person, I don't know, two doors down is writing something similar, your take is going to be different. So they might not be the gay guy next door. They might just be, you know, a straight white dude. So it's Boring. there's a lot. Talk enough. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so there's a lot of differences there. So you can curate other people's information into kind of just one place. And that helps people because they don't have to go searching for it. Or you can write something completely unique and just like an opinion piece if you wanted to. One of the keys here is 
you, you do definitely do want to find something that you enjoy talking about. So maybe kind of look around your daily life or the kind of conversations you have with your friends or the hobbies that you have or the things that you're interested in. I'll say this hobbies to me probably would be one of the easiest ones to, to, yeah. to do this with, right? Because, yeah. you know, let's just say, for example, you're a hiker camper, right? So you've got all sorts of information there around hiking and camping that are your personal experiences, the types of products that you like to use, the places you like to go, pictures of your experiences, all that kind of stuff that you probably would also do on social media is the kind of stuff that you could take even a step further in your email list, right? Absolutely. And like for me, I enjoyed seeing how people were growing newsletters. So I take what they're doing and just kind of explain it for other people to figure out. So you could, in the hiking example, like how this guy climbed Mount Everest, I don't know, without a jacket or whatever, like, whatever the idea is, like you can explain the specific details of down. how they did it. You got yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and you know, just, I'm, I'm going to take a an example, take this example a little bit further. If you enjoy hiking, you know that there's probably products that you actually love. You can sign up for Amazon as an affiliate. And then you write about this particular product. Instead of dropping an Amazon review, you actually write a whole review yourself about this product. And you place the link in there. People who are your followers, they may then jump in and also want to know more about this product and potentially purchase it. So you've given us a little bit of what the common trends are that people are doing to monetize and to grow their email list. What are some of the sort of off the wall strategies that people that you've seen people do to grow their email list? Anything out there that's like groundbreaking, profound that you never would have thought of? <laughs> I would say the best ones are getting in front of other people's audiences. Like, so... And if there's not, then there's not. But Yeah, I'm just trying to... They may, they may, they may be very unique to those of us who are not aware of them. But you probably have experienced these. <laughs> yeah, right? you've been watching these. And you're like, oh, this is another one of these people doing this, right? So you kind of mentioned this whole idea of connecting with other people to kind of exchange audiences. How would you go about asking someone like a question like that? So, you know, say somebody wanted to connect with us and our email list, how would you suggest that they would ask that question or start that kind of conversation, especially somebody who is maybe newer, doesn't have a whole lot of audience or doesn't have a whole lot of leverage themselves to say, hey, let's do a swap, right? I've got mm. a new brand new newsletter and I've got my mom and dad and my brother and sister and my partner on it, right? I've got five people, woohoo, right? <laughs> so how do I go about leveraging or using this as an opportunity to grow mine? Yeah, I think a good place to start is kind of figuring out if that person is on social media and kind of start liking and engaging with their posts. Once somebody sees that you're kind of like actually interested and you're not just sending them a random cold email, I think you're going to have a better opportunity to actually get in front of them. And then a couple of ways that you can kind of, if somebody has a bigger audience than you do, you can always send them like, hey, I only have 100 people on my email list, but 75% of them open it and they're really engaged. You can offer to showcase their newsletter in yours multiple times. So if they have a thousand people and you only have a hundred, you could say like, Hey, I'll put yours in my newsletter three times, like stand out across a couple of weeks. Those are some options too. If you have a small newsletter, 
Other than that, you can also, there's a tool called Letter Growth. My friend Paul built it. It's kind of a website where people go and they sign up to do these cross promotions with other newsletters. So mm-hmm. it might be more focused on like business and marketing type of stuff, but it's growing all the time. And I think there's like 350 newsletters on there that are looking to do wow. cross promotions. Nice. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That is good. That's good. Great. So, you know, we're the Queer Money Podcast. So oftentimes we, we kind of try to find the LGBT angle to this. Do you think that there is anything different or unique about how LGBT people might use a newsletter or how they might connect with others or the kinds of content that they might put out there? I don't think so. I think the only thing that might actually be an advantage is like if you find other LGBT people with newsletters, like that's almost an in for you to say like, hey, let's work together here and and cross promote. You can also like I was on Substack earlier and you can search in the search bar and type in like LGBT or that kind of thing and find people who are in that niche, if you will, and see if it would be a good fit there. Nice. Yeah. And I I think that the the nice thing is, is that we do have some polarizing topics when it comes to LGBT politics, politics affecting the LGBT community. Those kinds of things that I think our our community is very much in interested in and le- learning and reading more about. So I think that there you may find that there are some people out there that have very strong newsletter open rates and followers because of the kind of content. Or you know, I'm just going to throw this out there. I bet you there's probably a couple of people who have newsletters about drag race or about RuPaul and the drag community, right? I mean, so there's there's some pretty strong, we have some pretty strong topics that our community is very, very interested in. And so take advantage of, like you said, looking for finding other people who may be in that space, and then seeing how you can can either cross promote or support each other, or in if it comes down to it, how you can sponsor their newsletter. Exactly. Yeah. Before we wrap up, are there any mistakes that you see people, what are the biggest mistakes that you've seen people make with trying to grow their email list or even to monetize it? Anything, yeah, any patterns I, out there? I think one of the things that would be a mistake is if you're trying to build a newsletter just to make money off of it, that's, that's probably going to happen, but you have to be consistent with it. Like the people that are making money from this stuff have been sending emails regularly for months, if not years, because if your audience doesn't trust that you're going to be there in three months, six months, like they're not going to stick around and you're going to have a harder time finding like sponsors or people sharing your newsletter and that kind of thing. So, I mean, as long as you're building in that trust and that consistency, I think that's a big one. Yeah. That's the main one that I'm seeing. Like most people that stick around for two to three years are going to eventually find success with this. Yeah, exactly. I think it's kind of similar with posting on social media, same thing with with creating a podcast. I don't know how many podcasts, especially LGBT podcasts I've seen out there that are inconsistent as to how frequently or when they post or they created the podcast and it has six to 12 episodes and then they just completely stopped. Right. And so you are playing the long game here, right? Mm-hmm. The person that we were talking about or previously, Justin Welsh, I think he's he started from scratch basically about three years ago, right? Yeah. So if the idea of making 
one and a half million dollars a year sounds appealing to you, <laughs> you may have to be thinking about this as something that's going to take you a little bit of time to, to build up to. Right. As with anything, right? If you're going to exactly. make money from it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it takes some time. There's, there's no lottery winners in the business world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Unfortunately I, I, not. Yeah. I granted, I will say that, you know, some every once in a while, some sort of particular product or service comes along and it blows up pretty quickly. Like, chat gpt right i mean all of a sudden within i think they within 10 months they've gone to be one of the biggest services that are being used out there right now worth billions of dollars but but their team also started in 2014 they just have now been bringing it to yeah they're not an overnight success that's true been a long long night well that's a great question then are you are you seeing anybody succeeding using chat gpt with their email list at least with the writing portion of it anyway yeah, I mean, I use it sometimes just to like, if I can't, if I'm writing something and it doesn't sound right to me, I'll say like rewrite this and just see what it comes up with. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, I don't use it, but it'll give me like a different idea of what to use. Or sometimes I'm pulling information off of a website and it's easier for me to just like copy it, throw it into there, and say put this into a table, and it does it. So, oh nice, uh, nice, yeah. That's cool, awesome, oh, awesome. Right. So, how can our listeners, and our viewers, connect with you if they want to get on your email list and learn more about how you're re- reverse engineering people growing their email list and monetizing them? So meta, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> they can go to growthinreverse.com. And you can sign up there or I'm on social media at Chanel Co. So C-H-E-N-E-L-L-C-O. Oh, that's cool. It's good. It's cool that you, you nabbed that. I feel like that probably would have been taken pretty quickly. <laughs> well, Chanel was, unfortunately. So. <laughs> <laughs> like it. And are you, are you going to ha- yourself have any courses or programs to help people with their email list at some point? Or are you just going to um, continue to provide the email analysis? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I would like to eventually, but I'm not sure what that looks like. For now, I'm just having fun reverse engineering them and having sponsors pay for it. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Very yeah. cool. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I know that this is a work in progress and I love I love watching. And folks, if you have any sort of business mindset or desire to to have a business, just the fact that these stories of these, just the uniqueness of each of these individuals and the way that you talk about them and how you pull what they're doing apart is an interesting read in and of itself. So that's why I love I love the newsletter that you have. And then the threads that you do on Twitter when you break these down is kind of a, a bite size. It's a great thing to follow her on Twitter because that you get this kind of taste with these threads of what these individuals are doing. And then you break it out into the newsletter and go in much more depth. And I think that's where the real learning is at. What's really cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Make sure to check out more ways that Capital One can help you achieve financial well-being at CapitalOne.com. That's CapitalOne.com. Thank you, Chanel, for your awesome insights. We appreciate it. We can't wait to start using some of the tips that you've provided ourselves and learning from the people you're learning from. To you, our listeners and viewers, thank you again for listening and watching another episode of the podcast. Here's your quick money takeaway. If you're serious about starting or growing your own side gig, and you should be, growing your email list is a must. Save yourself the time and frustration. That's what Chanel's for. (laughs) Sign up for Chanel's email list at growinreverse.com. Then join us Thursday when we share the most affordable gay-friendly city in the state of Tennessee. And then next Tuesday, when we talk to New York Times bestselling author, 
Tori Dunlap of Her First 100K about legacy misogyny in the financial service industry and in how we teach girls and women about personal finance. Thank you and have a great week. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.